Hello and welcome to the very first Special Moves podcast. My name is Mike Williams, this is Jake Kolkowski. Yes it is. And Liam McKelvey. How are you doing? Very good, Liam. Thank you for asking, Liam. You're welcome. Um, this Mike. is our brand new podcast about games. Aww. Games on the PC, games on the PlayStation, all the all of the games. You can find us on iTunes, on YouTube, on CastBox, and we will be on Spotify once we are five podcasts in, because uh, there's a a bit of a limit Yeah, I don't know what that's about, but yeah, that's yeah. true. Otherwise, very exciting news. We've got a new podcast. So this is a new podcast um, which will be taking place every single week, but this is kind of the first debut bonus. Uh, bonus? Is it a bonus It's the podcast? launch day podcast. It's the launch yeah, podcast, Jake. Launch. Yeah, got him. Yeah, save, save me there. Cheers, Jake. Um, uh, so there's going to be another one on Monday, and we're going to be doing it every single week uh, from now on, hopefully, uh, if you guys enjoy it and assuming more than seven people listen to it. Um, Special Moves is the new channel where this podcast will be located. Uh, hopefully you've seen that we've announced that on Twitter and stuff and it's got some snazzy pink graphics and logos and stuff. It's quite exciting, isn't it, guys? It's very, very cool. Exciting. It's very cool. Especially like that one part where there was a the fireball. Oh, that was a good that part. That was, yeah. What was, that was exciting, mysterious. wasn't it? I wonder if it's going to be a new YouTube channel and podcast. No. People were saying, yes, that, that is what it is. Uh, Both in yeah. the same day. One person asked if we were setting up a bar, which I quite liked, and I kind of fancy it now, to be honest. Do you want to just do that instead? Yeah, let's call it a day. Yeah, the end of the podcast. Only joking, please, please, God, stay and listen to this. Um, we've also got on the channel, not just this podcast, we've got something called the It's Friday Tomorrow Show, uh, which goes out the day before Friday. Hey, Thursday. is that Thursday? Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no. So that's that's awesome. how that works. No, no, no. Cool. Uh, it's going to be full of topics from the past week, news, um, and kind of um, just, you know, basically new stuff, like new things that have happened. So not necessarily like big headlines and that, but just, it's nice, isn't it? Trailers, fun stuff, other other things like that every single week. Cool things. Cool, thi- cool things, fun things, and <laughs> plenty of wholesome banter. Uh, we're also mm. going to be doing some reviews, deep dive type, uh, history lesson type things, I guess, into classic video games that, you know, just deserve a bit of spotlight on them, I think. Just some chatting about some of the classic games mm. that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also got a, a series based on Divinity Original Sin 2 that we're all very excited about. Um, which is, yeah, you know. It's like, it's kind of like a Let's Play, but. Yeah, don't put it's like don't call it a Let's Play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a don't call it a Let's Play. That's what it is, That's yeah. What we're it's call a very it. high concept. Um, <laughs> it is, actually. Uh, we're also on Patreon. We've launched on Patreon as well, where you can get the podcast ad-free. You can join us live with editing workshops with Jake. You can do live Whoa. writing workshops with me, Whoa. Mike Williams. Uh, we're going to be running regular gaming nights as well, where you can play games with us and loads more. Uh, we're very mm-hmm. excited about that, and we just thought we'd kind of get out there right now. Just that's the, that's yeah. lay the cards on the table. That's where we want to be. That's what the dream is. We might as well just start right now right let's do it right now <laughs> <laughs> so this is a new channel uh, uh let's just get on with the actual topics i guess um let's talk about some games cyberpunk 2077 there was a big gameplay reveal this week oh it went on i was trying to make tea mm-hmm. it went on like that fucking intro mate like that uh, intro that i just did you, you know what yeah well listen <laughs> that went on. i was make, i was in the middle of making chicken gyros right and then this standard i heard because they tweeted uh a twitch stream live yeah. thing all day and then as soon as I start making dinner they do this 48 minute 
real how inconvenient yeah tell you what though, it was lo- it was massive there was loads and loads it was the e3 thing right it was what uh, the press yeah. or behind closed doors at e3 just gone you know like all the press were doing those mm. smug secret tweets well now we got to see what they were being so smug and secret about yeah, exactly um, a, lot, a lot of um let me just i've just seen cyberpunk 2077 and let me just say guys blown away wow yeah wow uh so that's <laughs> so we got we've seen see, it now so we got to see it yeah yep. yeah and it was like you say 48 minutes long jam-packed with stuff uh what did you think of it liam uh, it looked cool. I mean, it's pretty much exactly what you know people described in the previews. It was first person. Yeah. It had lots of uh, bullet time, lots of <laughs> like yeah. slow motion shootouts, and uh, you know dialogue trees. It was you know it was an RPG to be honest. <laughs> dialogue trees, yeah, the, you, the lot, like, the lot. <laughs> it did look cool, but it looked. Very it gave me very similar vibes to like you know human revolution yeah. and mankind divided. Yeah, it looked Deus very X, right? you know yeah very thematically and you know stylistically similar. I right I'm gonna now that you've said that I'm gonna lay my kind of cards on the table. It was kind of yes positive. I was like yeah this looks good, but my first reaction was mm. this is Deus Ex and uh, I've played right. much of this already. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, there, there was bits later on where it was kind of driving, third-person open-wheel driving, which is yeah. pretty cool. And then the way that the the story um, seems to be very fluid from minute to minute, like especially near the end. Like my fa- one of my favourite bits is where um, like this big kind of boss NPC kind of storms into a room, yeah. points a gun at the character player's face, and then you've got some options. And it... and. Um, you pick like the the whoever's playing it picked an option that was like you know I've got so so much money on this chip thing right mm-hmm. this credit you know future space money eddies uh, ed- eddies yeah well, did it sound for euro dollars, dollars? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well the euro didn't sound as good I guess so I mean, euro dollars yeah eddies <laughs> so here's here's some money anyway and she's like she's like basically putting a wad of cash in his face and I just quite yeah. like that how how quickly like they press the button and immediately the hand because it's a first person game obviously yeah, the hand kind cool. of emerges on screen and there's a chit and I, and I quite like that and I, and, I, and, I, and I was wondering then like how else could that have gone because the other two options were, were very different to that um, so that was one of my kind of favourite bits on it mm-hmm. um what were you thinking, Jake, when you were watching it, other than um, trying to cook some gears uh, Yeah, well, I'll tell, you, no, I'll tell you what, it was very good. People were talking about it. I remember, the thing is, the, the, how people were saying it was, like, mind-blowing E3. There were some yeah. really good bits, there some snap bits. People were saying, you know, and all the NPCs have their day-night day, cycles. And I remember, I mean, the narrator just says that. We don't, we, you know, all every game, we, we speak about this quite a bit, but yeah. every game has it. An NPC that's a full day and night cycle. So I don't know. I think I was just being a little bit like how a lot of people are. Come on, then impress me. Yeah. And I don't like the first person idea as much as um, as as some. And at the same time, like when it, they were doing double jumps and stuff, I was getting like Destiny Two vibes. The first special news podcast, and it feels like I'm slagging off Cyberpunk 2077. But by all means, <laughs> it was really, really good. But I just needed to get that out of the way first. Yeah. It did seem like a video game we'd seen before, but. And like you know with that huge GTA world and there was some big moments that part where you just you know where you're in like the slums or whatever you are at the beginning and then when you first make it out onto the street you know you first see the street it was like the when you get out of the sewers in oblivion moment yeah or the exactly yeah. you're like whoa okay so here it is I kind of wish we got to see it at night because I was looking at it and going how gorgeous would all these yeah. signs look it looks really great the world like all the you know I guess everyone's saying verticality but 
That's it, isn't it? All those different floors of all yeah. the apartment buildings that you can go up and everything like that. Um, all the street vendors. That looked really, really cool. Um, and I, I, the, sh- the shooting looked, you know, all right. I, that, that was a bit that I was, like, the least impressed with, the shooting. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it was. I was just like, it looked a bit Destiny. I, I thought it looked, yeah, I mean, the numbers popping out of them, everyone's saying Destiny, right? Because there's, there's numbers popping out everywhere, which is a very RPG-ish approach to, to shooting, yeah. which, you know, Borderlands, I guess, did it uh, really yeah. prominently. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we've got uh, Destiny and obviously Anthem coming up and stuff. So it's kind of a almost like a, just a fashionable thing almost to, to now just have numbers popping out of the enemies when you shoot. But, they all, but it, the game, this gunplay had like this Doom-style... Uh, feel to it I thought like they, yeah. they, they were trying fluid. to yeah. it was wasn't it like mm-hmm. sliding around yeah. and, and like the shotgun Lots of and, dashing and stuff yeah and people getting their legs blown off and, and then going oh memes. my legs yeah. and then their head gets blown off and they carry on my legs yeah. Yeah, that's the that. that's the new I used to be an adventurer like you until I took an arrow in the knee yeah until I took a shotgun blast and my legs came yeah. clean off imagine <laughs> get your legs blown off and then going ow my legs. I know. It was, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Because yeah. it was in slow yeah. motion. That's why the voice was yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it, right, it was so fl- it was so fluid. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe game. you just explained that to me. No, you seem like <laughs> it was playing out yeah, in it slow was for motion. the people at home that might not have known why I keep doing oh, this. Oh yeah, right. for, for, for the benefit of the listeners. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're right about it being so fluid, but I love yeah. how they can explain that away and anything away by the fact that they've all had like cyborg implants yeah. so you know you know no one can slide like that well they can if they're half robot like they could explain so much of that yeah. the fact that like you were getting upgrades to like your hood basically yeah. you can now see mm-hmm. your ammo count because you've had a chip yeah. in your eye and you can Very zoom nice. in that is yeah. so cleverly explained like in the game world that it still feels it's part of the world and that's something that the, the narrator guy was saying as well he wants everything to make sense. Not him personally. <laughs> he was really, I am he, he, was, CD he was really making sure. Yeah. But yeah. And so that was like a big, a big uh, thing that stood out for me. Yeah. Everything's going to be within its own logic in the game. And yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, I think my one of my other favourite moments was when they were kind of driving uh, in first person, so they were just kind of driving along in first person mode, and then and then like a van comes out, and then there's like a bit of a combat section, and then when all that ties up, the narrator goes, "Now this only happened because you know these people. I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly what it was, yeah. but it's something like we annoyed these people in the van." Yeah. Um, so they in the mission uh, earlier that we showed you, yeah. and now they're coming back after us to, to try right. and kill us, and and that was happening dynamically in the in the open world. So it, I really like that idea. It's kind of like in you know it's like in The Witcher or something. Like if you're trying to take someone out, and then just like the monster just kind of comes after you for revenge afterwards. Yeah. It's quite a cool. I, I really like that. And again, it's like this idea of it being a bit dynamic and. What I don't, what I don't like, and I really like, um, you know, games that m- really make an effort to be cinematic and, and and kind of tell you a story, and and that that counts a lot for me. But what I, what never really impresses me, right, is when people say, oh, this could play out about seven, eight different ways, and but you know, like a David Cage game or something. I'm I'm not, and I'm not going. Yeah. Oh, great! I, I, it makes me conscious that there are options and there is a limited kind of like branch of paths you could go down and it, and, it, and it makes it more about the branching paths and less about the story whereas this feels so kind of fluid that the, the, there's just it's not even branches it's just like a just a yeah. whole like torrent going in one direction and you yeah. just choose where roughly you want to be in that torrent you know what I mean? because things can change all the time and it feels so fluid that you're not thinking well this could play out five different ways it's just played out the way <clears> it's played out because of the yeah. decisions that you've made 
um, which I thought is is one of the biggest. Yeah, strengths you, know, you don't the, see the yeah. strings as much, really. Exactly. You don't, Whereas yeah. it's like yeah, when David Cage is saying like in Detroit Become Human, it was like the scene in the park could have gone four different ways. Exactly. One of the ways is that your guy picks up a bin bag and puts it in the bin. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one way. Yeah. You, get, you know, but yeah. in this playthrough, he I mean, didn't put the I, bin bag in the bin, and that was and like when you make it. It just when you put a numerical value on it, yeah. it just feels like oh, so this was option C, this is option B. Exactly. But yeah, when it, when it all feels like yeah, this happens in order for this to happen. Yeah, it, it feels really cool. When it's it, when it feels difficult. Cyberplunk twenty seventy seven. Yes. It, yeah. If when it when when yeah, that's exactly it. Because if you get to a point and you and you know in the quant- in those quantum dream games, they they literally go now that now you've done this bit, but remember, it could have played out differently. And yeah. they make a point of showing you that. Uh, and whereas you know, if in Cyberpunk, it feels like it's going to be quite difficult to map back how you got to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is great. I'm I'm into that. Um, I'm, I I've got to say I did ki- I did quite like the gunplay. I thought that was one of the right, strong, yeah, yeah. stronger parts of it. Yeah. But um, I I, um, I I think because of the the speed of movement and I was so into Doom and I, and incidentally there was also some Rage gameplay that came out from Gamescom yeah. uh, last week, right? And it looked really obviously it, it's from its software, so it looked, it looked very similar to Doom. And that similarly, I was like, oh my god, this looks ace. And I kind of got a feeling about Rage being yeah. good, and I thought that straight away. And then, it, but anyway, so I'm I'm a bit of a sucker for that kind of first person, fast paced, you know, blasting the legs off of people combat. Yeah, uh, and I, and I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, so how did you go? How did you watch it, Liam? Did you were you cooking I, Ross? I No, I actually watched it live. I just happened to tune in. I was like, oh, let's check this little. Yeah, because you know, they had the stream with that's the, it. Like Very the wall nice text. Little, yeah, and then eventually a little progress bar came up, and I when I clicked on it, it was at ninety nine. So I was like, oh, "Very enticing." I'll, I'll wait and see if something happens. Well, and you, yeah, be- a, dem- a gameplay demo just started. <laughs> you'd, you'd be mad to leave, wouldn't you? Ninety nine percent. I mean, imagine yeah, looking at that and going, I'm, out. Yeah, so, yeah, "I'm not I, waiting for hundred yeah. So I watched it live <laughs> as it happened, Very and cool. yeah, it was cool. I watched the entire forty eight minute thing. Yeah. yeah. Of, uh, I was actually going about to cook a pizza. Ah, so. see, it was tea time. I mean, it, it, it was, was tea, tea time. Man. It was tea time. Uh, so, yeah, we, that got delayed, did so. you have the chat open? Did you have the? I did have the chat open. Yeah, was, was it going wild? It's, it goes as bad as well. Twitch chat normally goes yeah. on big events like that. There was yeah. a a lot of memeing. That was yeah. pretty much you all know, I could the, tell. People, people it's so it, it's right? so ingrained yeah. into my memory because I I was watching. So I had it on. So I was in the kitchen and yeah. I put it on the big telly in the front room, yeah? And then I was just back and forth with a little steering wheel, whatever. Don't matter about that anymore. Uh, for the they, benefit of the tape, Jake just did a hand motion to yeah. show what a stirring bowl yeah. was. Let's, hey, listen, guys, listen. I want to say something to everyone involved. Let's just forget about the gear for now. <laughs> uh, okay. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just forget. It don't matter. It was nice, though. So it was on the, it was on the big telly. And I, I watched it on YouTube because on my, on my telly I can get YouTube, but I don't know if I can install Twitch on it. So I had IGN's stream. Yeah. And I didn't have the Twitch. Twitch chat on but as soon as I saw that nipple I was like I bet Twitch chat's going oh, yeah. wild yeah. it's so ingrained into my brain now uh, like whenever I see anything I go god I bet Twitch is loving this yeah <laughs> I mean yeah so that's one one point isn't it the, the narrator actually says at one point uh, Cyberpunk is a mature game and then the camera proceeds to uh, just dead, kind of was it dead slaves or dead hookers it was no. I think when he I says that, I think it was like some uh, organ harvesting type thing. Going on. <laughs> oh, so they were just innocent women. Oh, now I feel bad. <laughs> it was <laughs> when he says that he, the, the camera is kind of carefully framing the player character who's a girl, uh, framing her ass, 
and yeah. then the next bit oh, yeah. is the is the boobs and the, yeah. and the floppy bodies. I mean, it and starts with the character creator as well, that demo. Yeah, and you know it's fully you know nude it's completely models. nude. Yeah, it's like it, well right. they they're blurred out, aren't they? But they're, they're blurred, but you know they're not going to be blurred that, in the yeah. final game. Conan kind of uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, Conan like, Exiles. Conan the, Exiles. The dung yeah. slider. The, the famous dung <laughs> slider. It's, ba- it's almost there. Um, so they made a point of saying it's mature game and. And I think they said that to. because, you know, the, the C word is in it a lot and there's yeah. boobs in it. So, so yeah. when this is a mature game followed by quite a lot of swearing. Yeah. I, f- I feel like, I know what, I know what they mean because, like, with The Witcher, it's kind of, it's, it's, yeah. it feels like frothy entertainment for for adults uh, be- yeah. because it's, and, and I know what they mean. It's, 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 um, because, yeah, because, you know, the way The Witcher 3 opens up, you know, Geralt's in, in a bath and he's, like, spread-eagled and the yeah. camera's between his legs, right? Yeah. And it just tells you straight away there's nudity and this is, yeah. like, Game of Thrones, yeah, but Game it's not Thrones, a, yeah. you know, the, 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 at least I like in The Witcher that it has a, a, a real, it knows it's fun, you know, it knows it's got, it has a laugh at, it, at itself. Yeah, so, this didn't yeah. feel too, like, quippy and, like, it was supposed to be funny. It was just some guy unironically calling people pendejos about 50 that's right. times. That's right. It was it was a tad edgy, I'll admit. Was, yeah. But that's the thing, you know, it's, people are going to love it, especially a lot of the demographic are going to love it. And, you know, I'm not yeah. distancing myself from them. I'm just saying that, like, for me, I, I was like, ugh, pendejo, pendejo, pendejo. <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and, it was like, and it was like, not only, you know, the organ harvester, you've got this tit in your face for about five minutes. You just carried it. And you can see the physics. And it's like, why is Again, gonna... for the benefit of the tape, Jake is, is miming carrying a dead body. Uh, More yeah. on that in a bit. But um, <laughs> if you don't know where this is going, that's weird, isn't it? But um, I yeah. hope to God they've seen this 48 minutes before before <laughs> listening to this. Well, actually, um, I hope they haven't because we're painting the best picture. So <laughs> this you, is better than you, the... Uh, you, take, you take a corpse out of, the, out of this ice bath and then you're carrying it around. Yeah. And it's the breast that's right there on the screen for ages. And I was like, pretty mature, guys. So these hand movements are too much, but you've got to stop. Um, They're going to want a video version of this podcast if we're yeah. not careful. So well, we need to downplay I mean, the weird hand yeah, movements. Yeah, there's right. a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, we're actually in my spare room <laughs> recording this on a fold-out party and barbecues table that we bought from Home Bargains. That's how all good um, podcasts yeah. start. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, let, let's move on to something that I thought was pretty interesting in an article on Polygon in the wake of this kind of um, uh, gameplay reveal. Okay. So as we've already discussed, this was a 48-minute behind-closed-doors yes. uh, bit of footage at first that was that was shown um, at E3 earlier this year, and there was a lot of games journalists and industry people who've seen it, but not the yep. public. So then they finally decided to show it to, to the public yeah. uh, all this time later, right? Uh, so, um, CD Projekt game director Adam Badovsky, I think I've quoted that properly, um, says in a in a press release after they released this game this gameplay footage this week. Okay, quote: What we're releasing today was recorded from a game deep in development. Since many of the assets and mechanics of the current version of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven are most likely to be modified, we initially decided to show this gameplay only to media. Now, this is why I think this is interesting. Okay. Elements like gunplay both in terms of visuals and how RPG stats influence it, net running, car physics, or the game's UI, everything's pretty much still in the playtest phase, and we felt uneasy about publicly committing to any particular design. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they were nervous. They were like, they were a bit anxious about yeah. sharing it. And, and yeah. it's because, um, as Polygon points out in the article about this, um, of The Witcher 3's gameplay reveal. 
Yeah. Which they, uh, well, yeah. I, I can't remember if it was gameplay or if it, if it was... I think it, it was like a trailer or something. It was like cinematic gameplay. It was yeah. it was the game in action, but yeah. it was like, you know, uh, cinematically put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in 2013, I think. So it was two years before The Witcher 3 comes out. And it's like a very different look. The colour palette of The Witcher yeah. 3 is very colourful and stuff now. Yeah. The, in that trailer, it was very dark and, and gritty, brown yeah. and, and gritty. And, yeah. and it was a, looked like a different game. Um and so they were anxious of the, and then when The Witcher 3 comes out everyone's going oh visual downgrade visual downgrade it yeah. doesn't look as good so they didn't want that to happen again can you I mean when you look at this do you think this is unachievable or do you think this is bullshit well, they, stuff they, they do mention don't they the narrator again this poor, this guy who's really looking after everyone's feelings was saying that it is subject to change he, yeah. he did yeah. say it was before like um, I think it was before like the Mantis Claw takedown bit yeah. you know when um uh, v hacked into the guy, yeah. and then you could see everybody. V is the main character, right? V, yeah, V is uh, yeah. So she could hack into the like a, a goon, and then you could see everybody in his crew, yeah. and then you could put viruses into their like implant things, so they yeah. couldn't fire their guns. But before that bit, the narrator said that this is like working. You know, it, it's yeah. subject to change. And it's because it's something that happens a lot, I guess, in in the games industry. Well, when it does happen, it's really a sh- uh, spotlight is really shone on it, yeah. and they are held in such high regard. They don't want to be accused of of the same things that I guess what a lot of people see as a lesser company is doing. So I, I guess yeah, they, they want to be able to show people the game as yeah. it is. But at the same time, I, I know that they were also feeling a bit weird about just the media seeing it because at the end of this. I don't know if you're going to get onto this or whatever, but the last frame of the uh, this trailer, did yeah. you see the message? Yeah, they'd they'd written the message. a message to the fans to say, like, you know, explaining why they didn't want to yeah. um, keep it from the public any longer and stuff like that. So they, they're very uh, aware of how the public perceive them and stuff yeah. like that. And I and I think, yeah, it's, it's normally always good to just show the game as close to completion as you can. But at the same time, they understand that they've got one of the hottest properties in games at the moment yeah. and they don't want to be keeping it and just showing the media and that's it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, they are... People appreciate transparency and the, yeah. people, the people like it when they... When they, you know, when when companies like this at least appear to be being honest and right. and by by you know wearing their heart on their sleeve and going, listen, we're nervous about this, but we just wanted to do it anyway because you you know so many people are asking about it. Yeah. If anything, it's probably just increases the mystique to not show it, and it would, would yeah. probably yeah. develop people's kind of you know hysteria for it because there were so many positive reactions to, to from the journalists who saw it behind closed doors so many like excited voices and people saying i've never seen anything like this before this yeah. is genre defining this is definitely not a current gen game this can't be a current gen game is coming next yeah. you know all this stuff makes you so excited so to actually just show everyone what they saw almost like lances the boil a little bit for me um do you think this is like an achievable uh state liam like what they've got here do you reckon this is like a playstation 4 could this run on a playstation 4 do you reckon uh i think it could i think it'll be one of those end of generation games you yeah. know like the games that come out and they really show off everything that bit of hardware can do you know like the last of us was on ps3 yeah and all stuff like that i think it'll probably be you know one of the last games to come out on you know, PS4, or Xbox, and stuff. Yeah, I have no doubt that it could run on like a PS4 Pro or a One X because you know they are quite powerful things. Yeah, but yeah, I think, I think it is achievable. Yeah, especially with like you know advancements in you know, like dynamic resolution and stuff like that, and 
you know, all efficient development tools. Yeah. I think it's possible, yeah. I think if they get it running and looking like it does there on a PC with like a 980 or or any of these new generation of NVIDIA mm-hmm. cards that are coming out, you know, if you get it running on a gaming PC looking like that, they'll they'll be they'll be fine, I think. And yeah. then, and then you obviously have to make compromises on a on a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One base model version and the like things like the draw distance won't be as good. There'll probably be less pl- people in the crowds. Now that is one thing that is is often you know, crowd density and, and actual density of things in the game. That's yeah. one, that's one thing that is mm-hmm. commonly changes from PC to PlayStation. Like if you look at For Honor, that was a recent example for me where I really noticed it. Where when you play For Honor on PC, the, there's full of mobs. Like the battlefield is full of like these right. little AI mobs. And then mm-hmm. I played the same exact battles on the same um, game on PlayStation, uh-huh. and it's, it's the crowd is a lot thinner. The battles feel a lot less. You know, punchy, but that's the only way to make it look nice and high res and shiny and stuff on a PlayStation. You've got to t- literally take out the complexity out of the game by removing some of the AI and yeah, some of the things yeah, going on, yeah. on the screen. Um, so overall, then, I mean, are you, are you, is this a day one for you at the moment, or is that likely to change? Or are you, how do you feel about the game now, not just the gameplay reveal? How do you feel about Cyberpunk as a game now? Uh, it'll be a, it'll it? be a day one. It's an RPG by a studio that make RPGs, yeah, mm-hmm. good ones as well. So, like, you know, I'm not as hot on this sort of daytime cyberpunk-looking gunplay stuff compared to, like, high fantasy. Yeah. But I've already got my high fantasy game with The Witcher 3, so I'm glad they're doing something different. Me too. And I know that they're going to come correct when it comes to, like, upgrades, skills, all the RPG elements, right? You know, we were saying about Destiny and that having that RPG, like, trendy thing of having numbers. Well, this is an actual RPG, not RPG elements, right? So, because of that and because of... Uh, like their track record and stuff like that and the fact it looks great anyway i'm I'm, yeah definitely day one for me i reckon yeah Yeah. i'm Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the fact that it's not not multiplayer as well because you know i'm not i'm not averse to that i'm not averse to one i'm looking forward to anthem for example but um i i'm quite looking forward to the fact that it's this kind of game again just a big single player game that i can play at my own speed and and whatever um how do you feel about it are you looking forward to it I am, yeah. I'm a big fan of the cyberpunk genre, yeah. and I don't think we have enough games in that genre. We probably will after cyberpunk yeah. comes out. It's going to be a lot of people, I reckon, you know, trying to jump in on the genre. But yeah, it's probably a day one buy for me because I, they CD Projekt, you know, they they're just very good at what they do. Yeah, they're a great studio, aren't they? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like. Um uh, indie cyberpunk games, I think, but yeah, like, a lot you like know, pixel art type yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, and it almost it kind of suits it, doesn't it? Because if you have like this pixel art style and you've got just some neon blue and green and red in there, it just looks like really nice. So, but mm-hmm. kind of in terms of pure art style and and the music and stuff, you can have yeah. like quite low, um, you know, uh, quality or whatever music, but it would sound good because it's it's appropriate in it. And um, yeah, so there's a lot of indie cyberpunk games, but yeah, in AAA terms. You got Deus Ex and and not a huge amount beyond that really. So yeah. um, I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. So that was Cyberpunk 2077. Now um, for our first podcast feature, I guess. Oh, uh, special moves. Pod- it's not really a feature. Right. Um, well, I don't want to downplay it. It's time for your regularly scheduled banter. <laughs> oh, okay. Oxford dictionaries define banter as the playful and friendly exchange of teasing remarks. Okay. That's all I've got. So I just thought, <laughs> okay. just thought you could just maybe insult each other, just a bit each other. Um, yeah, just a bit. Well, you know, playful and friendly exchange of teasing remarks. That's what the dictionary says, mate. Hey Liam, That's played any ban- Japanese games lately? <laughs> <laughs> got him, Jake. Yes, I have. 
Well, that was your regularly <laughs> scheduled banter for the week. Join us more for next week's regularly scheduled banter. Let's and cancel ho- that. And hopefully... <laughs> that was a little, little, little bit of banter. That was a bonus. That was, uh, that was a bonus. Uh, and <laughs> Got him. And hopefully uh, an actual good idea for a feature. Um, this, come on, it's the first podcast, man. You know, it's raw. It it's was, raw. It's raw. Wha- I, yeah. I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't not have a feature. But yeah. also, it's been one of the busiest weeks of my life, so I couldn't really. Hey, if you're listening to this, you can just say, "Hey, I was here at the beginning. Remember the tough times when we were doing that weird banter." Thing? Do you remember you that? Can say do that, do yeah. you remember that amazing feature, regularly scheduled banter, where Mike read out the Oxford? We'll have a T-shirt in a year. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. They've let's, come so far. <laughs> let's, let's move on then to uh, Graveyard Keeper. Jake, you've been playing Graveyard Keeper. Tell us about it. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I've been playing Graveyard Keeper. Uh, it, came, it came out like two weeks ago or something like yeah, that. Like August, mid, August the 15th. Mid August. That's on it. PC and Xbox. That's the one, yeah. And I, I think it's got a PS4 release date soon. Okay. Um, they've announced it. it's coming out soon. I don't know if it'll be on the Switch or whatever. It's kind of like Stardew Valley. Um, in the sense that like you are a guy that has something to look after just outside of a town and you can go and speak to the townspeople have these like interpersonal you know um, situations right. I don't want to say relationships because in this game it's pretty distant but anyway Stardew Valley is a farm and you're cultivating crops and making like parsnips and strawberries and such but with Graveyard Keeper uh, you actually keep a graveyard I know. Um, and yeah, so so what happens is that there's a loose story that you're a guy and you are in a car crash and I think you're in like purgatory. And purg- this is, you know, modern Oh really? Day, there's, a, there's a bit of a framing device. Yeah, so, so it's like a, it's a modern day guy if you have a car crash. So and it's then, Assassin's Creed. And then, yeah, that's it's unanimous, which is, it's medieval, like, I don't know where it is, it's like a fictional place, but you've got a graveyard to keep. You've got this talking skull um, who is another guy that was in purgatory who couldn't get out. He's at this magical floating skull. Mimia. Who, who, a bit of a Mimia kind of character. He's got a lot of humour in it because it's a game about, um, again, keeping a graveyard, so you can't get a bit too... It's not like... A, what was the game? Like a mortician's tale or whatever? The, right. the serious look at like yeah. embalming and shit. Yeah. This is not that. This is like horrendous. It's quite... What I'm about to say to you now, if you don't realise that this is done in jest, it's, it's done in a like overtly comical way very light and stuff like that but what I'm about to say now sounds very dark but let's carry on so you've got this graveyard and you need to get out of purgatory and you can do that through your learnings either of the occult with the help of an astronomer and a witch yeah. or you can learn skills of crafting and, and all you can do it through you know, the power of God and you've got a graveyard and that's next to a church and there's this guy that comes around he's like a bishop kind of character like a deacon you know yeah yeah and he's like, hey, we need to get this shit all sorted out because it's it's horrendous. I'm not opening the church if your graveyard looks like this. So you've got to fix the graveyard. Graveyard up. keeper problems, <clears throat> am I right? Well, <laughs> they, they, I'll tell you the real problem. Every day a body gets delivered to you uh, on a little donkey. He's a talking donkey as well. He drops, he drops it off, drops off the dead body, and then you pick it up, carry it, and you take it to the, you know, to the morgue. And then that's where it's decision-making time, okay? So, I've got this graveyard and I want to make it better to open the church and please that guy, deacon, bishop, whatever. How not, do I do... Not a pope, I believe not the, Not the pope, that's yes. it, that's the guy. He looks like one, but he's not him. Yeah. So, I dig up a fresh grave and dig the body and cool, respect to all that, put a little headstone on there, which costs quite a lot of money as well. Then I'll come back a day or two later, weeds have grown, I have to constantly keep tending to it. And fixing it up. Sometimes, like the weather just degrades the graves. Yeah. And every day, I'm I'm running out of space. So what do I do with these bodies? Well, I need money, so I just skin the bodies alive and sell the meat to the townspeople. Pretend it's just. Of meat. course, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I was going to. Hey, Jake, why don't you just? 
yeah. skin the bodies and sell the meat to the towns. Because it's that's a no-brainer, normal... isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And speaking Rational. of no-brainers, you can also harvest organs. Oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. You can also harvest organs. I just and... want everyone to know I had no part in that. Okay, and, I, and I, sell... Yeah, that was really... You, I, if you, if you couldn't planned. tell by... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can sell the organs. You can drain their blood for potions to give to, to various other people um, that are trying to do a bit of science, which is a bit of a, a malpractice in uh, medieval times. Yeah. But sometimes you don't want to defile the dead. And sometimes you also don't want to bury them because you've got no space. So it's a nice... Where, where do you go on the scale of disrespect and respect? You just get rid of the bodies, don't you? You throw it into the river. So um, the body washes away, never to be seen again. You don't have to bury it in your graveyard and get your nice place looking bad. And at the same time, you don't have to like you know cut, cut these organs out of these poor souls. Um, you can level up in the game a little bit like how Stardew Valley has um, a combat mechanic in, yeah. the, in the form of the caves. You can also do that. But um, whenever you do anything, they kind of drop orbs. When I mean do anything, I mean crafting, cutting down the tree, uh, attacking an enemy. They all drop like these little orbs that all give you experience in whatever it is. So like if you do a lot of like foraging and crafting and woodcutting you get points that you can spend in learning crafting stuff like making well you can make your own wooden crosses eventually but at first you have to buy them so you become less you know reliant on selling dead people's flesh for money uh, and also on top of it's that because you learn how to put two pieces of wood together well carpentry back then was a very uh, you I guess, know, well I guess, received tradition i guess uh, you need to make the cross look nice it yeah. can't just be a, a, it's not yeah. just like sticking two bits of wood together. Well, it's my opinion, I suppose. <laughs> well, well, eventually, when you learn your crafting skill more, you can make ones out of wood. So that's a little oh. bit, you know, how do you do that? Yeah. Exactly. It takes a lot of skill. Um, you've got, it's just like Stardew Valley, you're in day cycles. And, and again, just like Stardew Valley or, or Animal Crossing, there's things that happen only on those specific days. Yeah. So like, you know, at midnight on Wednesday, the astrologer leaves his tower or whatever, mm-hmm. or meet up every Thursday with the beekeeper. You've also got your energy bar, and if you exert yourself too much, you run out of energy. So, like, everything from digging graves to, to pulling weeds out to lifting the body all exerts energy, just like Stardew Valley. You can eat to replenish that, or you can sleep. So it's very, very familiar for people that have um, played Stardew Valley. Now, I'm really enjoying it. It's got a nice mix of humour. It's a real time sink. It doesn't feel like you're playing it for as long as you are. And uh, the only issue with the game really is that at the beginning, the Pope guy tells you like, hey, uh, you know, let's sort this graveyard out. And then you kind of just told to fix the graveyard. You're not really given any clear instructions how to do right. that. Mm-hmm. When I was playing it in early access a few months ago, I assumed that that would be added in, but it hasn't been. So you kind of, for the first three, four, five maybe hours, you're just really exploring it. It's one of those games, and you get this quite a lot on PC gaming, I think, where you're best off playing it for five hours and just restarting, because then you oh. at least you know what to do. You can get your day one right. So I did it with Stars so Valley. you re- yeah. actually recommend a dry <clears throat> run. Uh, well, I, I did that in Stardew Valley as well, so then I could get my parsnips all symmetrical and I could figure out what sells most and stuff. <laughs> um, but that's the way I like to play stuff, Scorched Earth after the first one. But, you know, yeah. uh, after a couple of hours, you will really get into the swing of things, and then that's when the game really shines through. Yeah. You, that's, the, that's the one downside this has got. You know, most indie games have their hook straight away, mm. or you can kind of figure out what the goal is straight away. This, it takes a couple of hours to get into it. So if you're patient and you can... If the like the humor and all that can get you through there, then it it's really good and it's really enjoyable, especially for the price. I I could spend an extra 30, 40 hours on this. I reckon I would play this more than Stardew Valley, you know. Wow. But it's wow. got a real hard like 
curve to get into it. Yeah. So that's well, what I thought anyway. I know that's it's nice to hear someone saying nice things about it because I've seen the reviews and the reviews are like, you know, a couple of a couple of positive ones, but it's generally it's perhaps, you know, it's yellow on Metacritic anyway. Yeah. That's, that's It'll be this first few hours, you have to like you know, it depends how into it you are. The music's yeah. great, and and the music and the general Sunday afternoon vibe you get from it. Like, yeah. you could play this with some rain outside and a cup of tea, and you'd feel like, ah, oh, yeah. this is a nice relaxing. It's very relaxing, yeah. It's not immediately accessible, and you just need to, you know, you need to yeah. be a little bit patient with it. If and you're I guess that's down to, like, if you're into the genre of, yeah. you know, uh, managing graveyards. General, yeah, necro related stuff, and also high fantasy, I guess, because it does get a bit wizardy. Very nice. Stu, awesome. uh, Stardew Valley's evil half-cousin, I suppose. Um, yeah. So Liam's been playing not Graveyard Keeper. Not Graveyard Keeper. Something very different. Very, very different What have you been playing, mate? I've been playing Yakuza 6, uh, or the song of life, to include its subtitle. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you yeah to, I was going to say, hey, Liam, do, do, don't you mean Yakuza 6, the song of life? Yes, uh, I do. Oh, that was the one. You know, thankfully, you, you sort of... Now that we're all back on board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've only really got one question about Yakuza, and yeah, that is... What the hell? Just, just oh. what the hell? Yeah. It's a very... Well, let me try and answer that to the best of my ability. Please do. So, Yakuza 6 is the, as you might have guessed, the sixth... In, well, technically the seventh, actually. Of course it is! Installment yeah. in the Yakuza <laughs> franchise after... And it is the end of the main character's story, who is Kiryu. He's been in all of them. And this is, like, the last game about him. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, it's been a long time coming. The story is generally, he's just got out of prison. He voluntarily went to prison. You know, good guy. Why? Yeah. Why? Did, well, as yeah. in he, t- he handed himself in, or he was just yeah. like, "I'm going to go in there." Don't ask well, questions about a game with a six-game build-up, <laughs> because this is well, it's it's technically just, the seven. Spoil the plot of five. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah, he gets out of prison and he goes back to. He's got like an adoptive daughter. Yeah. Who from the first game? And you know, he's excited, he wants to go see his family again, he wants to visit her, but then he finds out she's been in an accident, a hit and run. And so the story of the game is he's getting to the bottom of who did, like, who tried to kill her, Yeah. and why if all of a sudden she had a baby. Okay. <laughs> it was all going a little bit yeah. too smoothly there. This is like, so the, this is to, Emmerdale, mate. This it is... kind of is. It. It's like a Japanese soap opera almost. Yeah. But yeah, so you have to balance being a you know hard knock gangster with amazing martial art ability and a penchant for karaoke and karaoke, yeah. whilst trying to be you know a granddad at the same time. <laughs> it's like Sopranos. It kind of, it, Sorry, the yeah. granddad angle is just so yeah. That adds a lot. That uh, I should lot. probably explain. If you don't know what Yakuza is, it's an open world sort of action RPG yeah. type game. Where there's random encounters, you level up your stats and everything. And yeah. You just like you follow quite a long storyline throughout the entire game. Yeah. Um so, okay. I don't know. What what else do you have for? <laughs> How many people do you punch to death? Because uh, when I watched so, you play the last Yakuza five, what was it? Yeah. Five or was it Yakuza Zero? What it was Yakuza Zero we played. Okay, so that's technically Yakuza one, but chronologically it was the last Yakuza, right? Uh yeah, well there was Yakuza Kawami <coughs> in between, which is a remake ah that confused the first it. one. Yeah okay, so Yakuza Zero was like a, is it not it's not that old, but it's the first no. chronological one. Yeah. And yeah. you did all sorts of crazy stuff there. You well first of all you we have to tell you away from the arcade, and then there was a rhythm yep. game and karaoke, and then my favorite scene I'll never forget. Whenever I think of Yakuza, this is the archetype. Liam forward rolled through a window, which led to a men's uh, urinal. 
He beat the shit out of like five guys, including smashing the face on the urinal. Because if you're in a <laughs> toilet having a fight, you can't do a scene without smashing. Yeah, that has out, to happen. Yeah. He levered them so much, and then I think he escaped back through the window that he came in through. Well, no, it's the, a boss-type character bursts in towards the end of the fight, and you drop kick him out the window you That's, came in. Uh, there we go, yeah. So, is there more of that? <laughs> in Yakuza Or is he a bit more mature now that he's a granddad? Like, Oh, no, there's a, there's a lot of that. <laughs> so, like, even okay. if you're walking around, because there are sections of the game where you have to, like, hold the baby and walk around, and occasionally he'll start crying, and you have to literally shake the controller to calm him down. All right, okay. So, yeah. so you've got everything through. So As a new father, very relatable. But random yeah. encounters still happen, and so you, there's always, like, a companion with you. At least yeah. So you just hand the baby off or you have a quick fight. <laughs> <laughs> Again, very relatable, very relatable. Game of the century. And are you enjoying it as much as the other games uh, in the series? Yeah, or what? I loved it. It's probably my second favourite after Zero, to be honest. So the first and the last, technically, in the timeline are the best. Kind of, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and okay, because yeah, it's, it's a series that is just really getting more wind, isn't it? Like, you, it is, especially, especially yeah. over the years. Here, yeah. I mean, I've got more... Uh, questions and answers after that please, but it's please ask I, me. <laughs> just right okay so is he <laughs> is he in your opinion is he a better dad than uh, Kratos John Marston and uh, Joel hmm. Joel from The Last of Us where does he stand on the dadometer bear in mind but he's yeah. also a granddad who has to carefully pass over the baby when there's a brawl about to happen yeah he's getting he's getting you he's getting what? ambushed, and he's got to just somebody's got to hold this baby, and then he fights. <laughs> I've so, got that right. Yeah, that's what yeah, you said. That that is what happens. But okay, you, it's only, that's like one chapter of the game. It happens in one chapter. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah, I, sorry. I, I don't want to defame him. Like thirteen chapters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so on the dadometer, I would honestly put him. At the top, you know. <laughs> top dad. Yes, top dad. dad. Because, yeah. and, you know, top like, dad alert. Kratos is, he's trying to be a good dad, but yeah. he still gets angry and he shouts and he, you know, like, chastises Atreus and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas Kiryu genuinely will, you know, take down an entire Yakuza crime family just to protect his friends. Uh, what is that top, top guy? Right, top, top dad, guy. top granddad. You know, you know, in Top Gear, they have that thing when they get the celebrities to do the racetrack. Yeah. Or in uh, Saturday Kitchen, they get the chefs to make an omelette. This is the this is the Hall of Fame. Are you a better dad than the guy from Yakuza? So let's tune back next <laughs> yeah. week because Red Dead Redemption Two is on the way. There's going to be a dad arc there, surely. Oh, Spider Man. Yeah. He ain't got a dad, has he? He ain't got an uh, uncle anymore. In, yeah, Tony Stark's kind of his father figure. Well, I guess. we need to keep an eye on the dad, aren't we? Because at the moment, Yakuza's at the top. Yeah. yeah better than And Liam needs to decide. You need to top passing a baby to somewhere else so you can engage in a street brawl. Yeah. That's the, uh, web, that's the bar. That's the level. What I'm saying is just play Yakuza 6 if you haven't, because it's a very good game. The combat's great. It's got a great story. And. It's got a wealth of content in it, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you actually said, I think, uh, that it was like already one of your games of the year. Yeah. If not the... It's possibly my game of the year, just because it was like... That's it big, res- that it resonated with me in a way, w- with me in a way that no other game really has this year, apart from maybe God of War. Yeah. I love that, mate. I absolutely love it, that. It knows how to balance serious sort of like melodramery type stuff with just, you know, going... Outright with, insane with kicking people out of windows and yeah. shit like that. Okay, there's a lot of that. 
resume. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's just, amazing. Just buy it, people. That's just amazing. It. It's, what's annoying for me is that I'm trying to play through Sleeping Dogs, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm Ooh. finished that. And every time I look at Yakuza, I think, well, I've already got like a, a, a you so, know, martial arts based open world game yeah. with a lot of mini games and stuff in it that mm-hmm. I need to finish. And, yeah. and so uh, Yakuza is quite similar to Sleeping Dogs, but with more RPG ish type stuff ah, okay. onto it. So, right. you know, like you have to level up stats and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. I didn't know that. That's, that's cool. probably the best way to describe it to someone who's not familiar with it. Yeah. If you've played Sleeping Dogs, Yakuza's like a longer version of that yeah. with a bit more RPG to it. People were raving about... about. Um, I can't remember if it was this one or Yakuza. Was it Zero or... I think um, it was uh, Zero. Zero. Last was, year? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because that, uh, that was like, a prequel to it all, wasn't it? Right, yeah. And that was where the series like really started gaining traction over here in yeah. the West anyway and it was part of this like clutch of games that came out at the start of last of 2017 yeah, yeah. with a r- loads of really high quality titles that I think was it came out the same day as Resident Evil 7 right, I right. think and there's just loads of like positive things being said about it mm-hmm. so that was the first time I gained any interest in it Yakuza 6 um, has actually been out for a couple of years sorry it's in Japan right yeah 6 that's Yakuza 6 6 6, six is the one I played yeah and three, which is remember technically the 7th um, Song of Life though Song yes. of Life. Right, right now, six, Song of Life. Sorry, mate. Yeah, 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 no, my no, fault. No. My fault. So it's been out in Japan for a couple of years, and it, and it came out here in, in April this year, but it's it just did, yeah. been like a backlog game for you, I guess. That you've yeah, just, I like, got it in April, started it in April, but only recently only picked, loved, picked it back loved up Loved it again. in August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I've tried to whittle my way through my backlog. Very good. And that was the next logical step, since I was already in the middle of it. Very good. Well, I haven't played anything really uh, because like I said it's been one of the busiest weeks of my life but I have played a little bit of Divinity Original Sin 2 uh, Definitive Edition on the <coughs> PS4 and uh, Jake you've played a good chunk of it uh, yeah, as well 10 hours yeah I haven't played I haven't played that much um, but how I mean so Divinity Original Sin 2 has been on the PC since uh, late last year and we all play it on well we've got a co-op playthrough which we're going to have to start again I guess so we can play the Definitive Edition um, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because it's a great game. I really like doing original sin too. The PlayStation version, which I've been playing, um, I gotta be honest, it feels very difficult to come from mouse and keyboard to the controller to the PlayStation controller, um, mm-hmm. just because of the the sheer amount of control you've got with the mouse and keyboard over all the you know the yep. hot bar and the, and picking up items in the world and just being able to click on anywhere in the in the game yeah. world to, to pick things up or speak whatever it's it's really good so I'm having to acclimatise to the PlayStation controller but I'm getting there it's quite intuitive it's quite uh, well it's really well put together and the definitive edition for anyone who doesn't know is basically it's not even a, it's not DLC it's not I don't know what it is they've just literally redone a lot of the, like they've just they just go you know what, we're not happy with how this bit plays out. And they just change it. Like, they revoice yeah, the dialogue, they weird. redo the levels. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great, man. It's really good. But um, So the introduction, the opening scene of Divinity Original Sin 2, which is kind of this uh, classic uh, uh, computer uh, role-playing game type game like Baldur's Gate or something, where you, you create a character and then you have a party and, and all that sort of stuff. It all begins on this ship, right? Well, when you play the definitive edition, there's like a whole other deck below, which is a tutorial area, yeah. which you can skip straight away by kind of, uh, you know, if you've if you've played it and you know exactly what you're doing, you can skip it. But if not, you can play through it. And there's a there's a tiny little bit of story in there, like just some hints of what's gonna what's gonna come. And you learn like some weird weirder mechanics. When I say weirder, like ones that you wouldn't normally yeah. do, like lock picking and stuff. Yeah, and like the elemental thing, yeah. you really get to see how that plays out. It's so, a complicated game, isn't it? 
and it needs it. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it is, especially if you, yeah, like you take so much for granted. Like I, I, I just take because um, I've I played the first one loads and loads yeah. and loads, and it's the same really. It's the same mechanics. I mean, so it, for, for me, I take for granted like the elemental side of it. If you put a candle on some oil, it's going to set it on fire. Yeah, but I guess that's a bit weird and a bit like huh. To yeah. people so they've added yeah, like a whole new thing and they are they, you also get to see the persuasion mechanic at play and you get a little uh, choice whether you want to trust a prisoner yeah. or the jailer basically who's a who's like a magister you get yeah one of the kind of the the yeah they seem like the bad guys uh, kind of thing where they, they're the guards basically the guards mm-hmm. um and the yeah. guard, their magisters are the guards so that's how it and you're kind of their prisoner um i i've got to say the genius of this game though was really shown through because uh, laura my partner had played a bit of co-op with me right and um she's not into this kind of game at all really yeah but even though even you know creating the character and then this game's got kind of a, such a sense of humor and such a sense of logic like you were saying there if you put a candle on oil the oil will burn and because you can apply that logic to everything it feels very very interactive yeah and all these things that um i would i would think you know like there's buckets right at the beginning that you can just put on your head for armor mm-hmm. yeah but they literally <coughs> they lower your your characters. it lowers your intelligence because <laughs> you can't see so so but you can do things with the buckets you can put things in the buckets you can put candles in the buckets you, you can the stack camp. things on top. Yeah. so laura's having loads of fun like doing that kind of thing um, like right from the get-go even though she, she, normally when I've tried to play this kind of thing with her before she's completely averse to it um, and it, I think you know it, it it kind of really shows how great this game is that it can appeal to people who aren't normally interested in this yeah. type of CRPG experience it's so heavy on info as well like, like it's yeah, a lot really, of tool tips and really yeah. overwhelming at first especially on a on a PlayStation 4 as well because yeah. the UI is significantly bigger so therefore, you've yeah. got like a lot, like you know, like in most PC games, uh, like think of an MMO, how you've got like your hotbar at the bottom. Yeah, your hotbar is like half, like literally half the size on the PS4. Yeah. So you've got to like, I can't even fit all my skills on one hotbar now no. with one of my characters. No. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, and there's loads of armor screens and lots of radial menus. Um, that if you've not played like a game like this yeah. before, it must be really overwhelming. Yes, and mm-hmm. I will say that if you've heard, if you've heard us talking about Divinity Original Sin 2 for the past year and talking about how amazing it is um, that is one thing you should bear in mind if you've never played a CRPG before there's a lot of learning to do there's a lot of things to take in but it does it really does just require some patience if you give it two or three hours to get comfortable with it and to learn what it's doing and yeah. learn, and, and figure things out on your own and figure the best way of doing things you'll soon settle into it um, like I said earlier I'm still pretty convinced that mouse and keyboard is the best if you do play PC, if you've got a PC and you play PC games a lot and you've got a PlayStation, i definitely get a PC version because it's cheaper to begin with. It's, it's more expensive on a PlayStation, so it's the, the PC version is cheaper. Um, but it is there on PlayStation and Xbox if you want to, uh, you know. Uh, when's it out? What's the date? It's this? out uh, on this week, Friday. Is it yeah. the 30, 31st? Yeah. So it's on Friday. I think it anyway, is. Anyway, it's out then. And it's, Friday, it? it's got loads of cool uh, new bits on yeah. for PC and a PS4, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get it on PC, you get the the Dungeons and Dragons sort of GM mode, which you yes. don't get on the console version. Now, this is a very interesting aspect for anyone who's ever done any Dungeons and Dragons or ever in, in real life. Like it's um, it's just a completely customizable Dungeon Master mode where a Dungeon Master can tell a story yeah. and, and yep. all that. And you might have seen, there's some great live streams. Uh, um, yeah, Critical uh, Role, who I think are like the biggest in, like on the internet when yeah. it comes to like tabletop D and D stuff. Yeah. Matt Mercer, anyone who's into like. 
D&D stuff will know that. Well, he did a campaign on it, didn't he? Uh, and it was actually mm-hmm. a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Yes. Because Larian Studios have spoken to Wizards of the Coast and got the rights for a lot of the fifth and, I think, the second edition D&D yeah. maps. You know, yeah, Neverwinter Nights cool. and all that which, sort of which stuff. Which is ace, yeah. Um, so you can run actual D&D campaigns as you know and love in there or make your own. You can't do that, though. On the console version, be warned. We did start talking about the console version, and now we're on about the PC version, and it's just something. It's like one of the only things that didn't really make it in. Yeah. Um, is is that because they were saying because the menus you'd have to be so quick to you know yeah. spawn characters and stuff like that on the mm-hmm. fly, and you've got to type out names and yeah. stats. So that's why they, they left that. But there's a, there is a new mode in the definitive edition, like the arena mode and stuff as well. But. Yes, there's a bit of PvP if you want to do that and if you want to, I guess, test. Because the combat, the actual battle system in the game is like this turn-based, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I don't want to say XCOM style, but that's because that's what everyone says. But it's, but it's not as tile-based or anything like that, like XCOM is. You can move, you know, you've got a cursor. Yeah. Uh, and you can target, everything works in like radiuses of range and it's stuff like that. It's like old-school Fallout, right? Yeah. yeah. Where you have yeah. action points. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's kind of it takes exactly from those kind of classic um, uh, games, and, and it obviously it just evolves. And the elemental thing is really what for the the first Divinity Original Sin that is what really made me really like the game because this idea of like <clears throat> you know casting like a rain spell so it rains and then like freezing the puddles on the floor or electrifying them yeah. or vaporizing them to make clouds and then electrifying the clouds. You know these elements are like really interactive, and you've got. To, Think where your is your character standing in a pool of blood? Is he standing in a pool of water? Is he standing on ice? You got to be careful because you might slip on the ice. Yeah. All this sort of stuff, so good, right? And that's what the battle battle system is built on, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and hopefully I can play a bit more over the next uh, yeah. couple of weeks. Because I played I played the entire first chapter, which is what you could get if you pre-ordered it. Yeah, but we got this full game, um, and I genu- I've played the first bit now three times all the way through, yeah. and I've done the first bit. Like getting out of the prison fort yeah. five times, and <laughs> I've noticed that I've noticed two new encounters that I've never seen before in the in the definitive edition. Yeah. But here's the thing that speaks to the quality of this game. I'm not sure if that's in the base version. I'm ve- I've got a very strong feeling one of the encounters is new. Right. Very strong. Yeah. Because I can pretty much remember going there with with my alone and with you two and not yeah. seeing it. Yeah. But I, I was still discovering things the fifth time round that I yeah. haven't done before. Yeah. And I can't mm-hmm. tell at this point, and that speaks to how much stuff is in the game, yeah. if it is just the in the original and I've not noticed it. or I'm pretty sure there's one new battle encounter in the first chapter at least yeah. near some cursed pigs. Which... <laughs> Uh, which uh, you know that's like that's funny but that is literally what the whole game is it's like you fight toads you fight mm-hmm. scarecrows yeah uh, it's got a bit of humour in it hasn't it it's not like Pillars turtles. of Eternity yeah. it's not you know turtles, yeah. that's it yeah oh yeah like any think of any reptile yeah yeah there's the a lot of yeah. reptile hate in this uh, in the opening <laughs> area anyway it certainly is but uh, yeah so chapter two is uh, what I've just started and I'm not sure if that's where I'll meet Sir Laura but uh, that's a pre-order bonus and so Laura, um, again, is a squirrel. That rides on a dead cat. And yes. uh, I, I haven't bumped mm-hmm. into him just yet, but uh, yeah, I've just got to the second chapter and uh, if it, I don't know, I'll probably put it on Twitter or something. Do you know what I mean? If I find him, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah, to find him. Look out for that. That's cool. So that's, uh, that's the first podcast. That's the first Special Moves podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the very first ever podcast that we've done on this channel. Uh, like we said at the top of the recording, you'll be able to listen to this on iTunes, CastBox, or your favourite podcast provider, Spotify, hopefully coming soon. Check out our brand new YouTube channel, Special Moves. Subscribe and turn on the notifications. 
because just please do it. Because it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. It's going to be yeah. That's <clears throat> yeah. That's what I mean. Do it because it's going to be ace. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Yeah. We actually have loads of things planned, and we're really excited about it. And of course, of course, if you subscribe and turn on your notifications, you can watch them and help us out and enjoy some nice videos. Um, Tell them about the content, Jake. What content is it? Okay, great. We've got a show coming up. We've got, you know, our classical voiceover impressions videos that you know and love. Yeah. <laughs> we've also got some new stuff. We've got that high concept. <laughs> I like uh, that. Just laughing at the end of a sentence to make it seem fun. Yeah, we, we, we've got a quest log, which is, <laughs> you know, don't call it a let's play. We've got a lot of new stuff coming on. The thing yeah. about the channel as well is that we're going to be uploading content fairly frequently, albeit not every day. So the best way to make sure you don't miss anything is, of course, to make sure you get the notification button done. And then every time you get a video, it'll be direct, live and direct. And you can help us help you help us. Thanks, Thank Jake. you very much. Uh, and if you want to support Wonderful. this podcast and special moves on YouTube, check out our Patreon page. I mean, it's early days, of course, it's early days. Yeah, but, but we've it's... planned our Patreon tiers yeah. so fucking perfectly yes. as if... We're st- we, you know, we're starting as we mean to carry on, yeah. and we've got loads of cool stuff on there. We've, we've really thought about it, and it's been about a week of thinking, what can we do that's going to be really great for everybody? Yes. And now we've done it. So please, if you're interested in seeing what you, you know, not only just supporting us, but seeing what you can get for doing it as well, have a little look, because we've got loads of different things. Yes, yeah. we basically wanted it to be really fun, and yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we were so serious and uh, focused it. on yeah. making it fun. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's been, honestly, it's been, a, it's been a lot of work. But the, the whole idea, the whole point is that we don't want things to change down the line. We're just, you know, we're setting up this new channel, new podcast and everything. What we would love, eventually, is for it to be funded by Patreon completely so that's no adverts and and no messing around no middleman just you guys and whoever's watching the videos no, we won't be yeah. chasing the views nothing like that just making good content for the people who actually want to watch it that mm-hmm. is the dream that is where we eventually want to be so we thought we might as well just start Let's do it now. now don't move the goalposts halfway exactly and everyone knows where we're at go. Yep. Um, so you know what we want to do and you can read that in the stretch goals and in the text if you want a bit more information about what we what our yeah. ambitions are our setup at the moment is pretty limited as well so we've got We've got some, you know, we've got enough to do a podcast. We've got a basic kind of setup in, in my spare bedroom uh, with lights and a camera and whatnot, um, and we can work with that for now. And, and hopefully, we can expand that. Um, if you guys are interested, if you want to watch the channel, yeah. then great. Then we will we'll be able to expand the, the equipment and the setup and everything. But yeah, it's a good Patreon page. We put a lot of thought into it. Hopefully, you will enjoy reading it, and hopefully, you'll enjoy our videos, and hopefully, you'll enjoy listening to this podcast. Um, you'll find links to all of our stuff down in the description. Um, that's our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the Patreon page, the YouTube channel, uh, and the link to the podcast on somewhere, iTunes, I guess. Should we do that? Should we put a link to the iTunes in the description? Yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just, just give them, give let's them everything. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Special Moves podcast, the very first Special, Move pod, Special Moves podcast. I've been Mike Williams, and these guys were Jake Lukowski and Liam McKelvey. Always. We'll see you next time. 